0: Welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. Now, who were you before kids? It's an interesting question. And to be honest with you, it's one that I had never really thought about before. But what did you want to achieve before you became mum or dad? Are there aspirations, hobbies, or things that you truly enjoyed that you have stopped since becoming a parent? Today I chat with the inspiring Lauren Branson, a fun mother of five and startup business owner. I am fascinated by how Lauren manages to run her business and five kids under eight while still making time for herself. There is often this parent's guilt that we place in ourselves if we are spending time doing something for ourselves. But as I discussed with Lauren, you need to carve out time for yourself so that you can look after others. And even with five kids and running a business, Lauren still manages to do this. How? Because Lauren simply prioritizes what is important and makes time for what she values. Lauren is passionate about eating healthy and local food. Her business, Your Food Collective, is an online farmer's market that connects busy parents to local growers. And meal time with five kids was a hot topic on this episode, and Lauren explains how she is quite regimented when it comes to meal times. There are set times for meals, and there is one option for everyone. Lauren explains that she needs to be strict like this so that she isn't feeding little humans all day, and that she has time to give to other areas of her life. As you would expect, Lauren has learned a lot since child one. To enjoy and not sweat the small stuff, that stress doesn't change the outcome, and that you need time each day for yourself. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Lauren Branson. Lauren, welcome to my home. How are you?
1: Yeah, good. Thank you. It's beautiful.
0: Oh, thank you very much. And as I've, I've said before, this, anything that looks good in my home has to do with my, my wife, Inga. <laughs> but um, I actually feel really privileged to have your time today because you are a mother of five and you also run your own business. So I'm imagining that time is quite a scarce commodity in your life.
1: Yes, you're right. You're right. Time is good, but there's always time. We've got to make time for things that are important, so I'm happy to be here.
0: Well, I, I, I agree there's always time for Mike. I, I think that <laughs> <laughs> well, if
1: we don't put ourselves first, no one else will, so you're onto it. Too
0: true. And and so let's talk about about kids first. How how old are your kids?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking actually, but whilst I was coming here, I was thinking I've got no idea what you want to talk about or whatever and i was thinking kids that's where it all starts but we're all people before that aren't yeah. we and but anyway so my kids i've got five kids i had five under six to begin with um there's twins at the bottom that are two three in november and i've got a how was quinny a four-year-old a five-year-old and an eight-year-old so they're young and they're close so i never knew what my number was when we started and mm-hmm. knew, we knew we wanted them close together And I thought my number was three, but obviously my number was five. (laughs) So it is five,
0: but it's not six or (laughs) seven.
1: We are at capacity. (laughs) I was on the fence at three and people say, I was talking to other women who had their number. And they say, you know, you know, when you've got your number. And I was sort of, I was very happy with my family, but I just didn't think I had my number. So we went again and got two and now we know five is our number. (laughs) It is it. (laughs) And you, you
0: mentioned before, Lauren, that like we are people. Before kids and sometimes when we become parents we we can lose that or we don't realize we've lost it until years down the track and then it hits us that we are different but but what we what were you like before kids.
1: I think this is, I was the same as I am now. Kids are just an add-on, really. And I think people... But it's funny, you know, there, there are things that demarcate your life and it's sort of your life before kids. And then you have this massive transition period when you have your first child and think, Oh, my gosh, who am I going to be? What's it like? But you're really just you with kids. Nothing changes. It's just, yeah, you with some friends to hang out with. And so, yeah, I was the same before I had kids. Admittedly, I'm much busier now. Mm. And there's a huge journey that you go through having children. Um, and you know learning to put yourself at the bottom of the pile because there's just no time for it and um and that sort of thing but yes i'm the same person i've just got five kids and a loving husband
0: and was was that different to in a sense i'm not saying that you were selfish before kids but like to to learn to put other people in front of you and and in a sense give up certain things within your life.
1: Yeah, I think that's always the hardest or well, for me personally as a mum and talking to other mums, I think that's always the hardest journey because innately we are all selfish, you know. Before you have kids, it's just you that you have to deal with and you might do very generous things and unselfish acts in your life, but you're doing them driven primarily by yourself and your needs to do those unselfish acts mm. and um and you've just got yourself to look after and Your family, you know, your immediate family around you. But, yeah, I think we are all generally selfish before you have kids. And it's not until you have kids that you realize, okay, there are these other things or people that I need to put before myself in terms of, you know, their emotional needs, but also just their basic feeding and sleeping Mm. and (laughs) eating, (laughs) which, to be honest, is a lot of it for those first couple of years of their life. Um, And it is. It's putting your expectations of what you want for yourself behind you. Like, you know, you can't get up and decide, look, I'm going to have a coffee at eight and then I think I'll have my lunch at 11 and then, you know, I'm going to go for a walk at three because it's a beautiful time in the afternoon. You can't do that anymore. It's got to fit in with everybody else. And I think that was the biggest thing that I learned was putting those expectations because you only get upset when you don't get Mm. something that you're expecting to get. So if you just have no expectations whatsoever, then everything's fine. It's funny you say that because
0: I used to get, you know, I'd get up early. Because I'm like, that's my time. That's the only time I can control. And then, and, like days where Andy would get up early, I'm like, What are you doing? No, <laughs> like, this is this is my time. Didn't you get the memo? And in a sense, I would get kind of frustrated at that. Until now, you know, I learnt the hard way that as soon as she's up, you, you stop whatever you're doing and and things. And I actually found then it was actually a lot smoother for me because it wasn't her, it was me. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's always us, isn't it? And Mm -hmm. it's how we adapt to the situation around us and can cope with that and I guess carve out more time at other places where you can have that time that you need for yourself. And it might not be that ideal. So you said, you know, initially the morning was your time. So once you have adapted to being a parent, you have to carve out more time in the evening once they've all gone to sleep or maybe earlier in the Mm -hmm. morning. It's, yeah, it's just making it work, I guess.
0: And were there any things that, pre-kids Lauren wanted to do or achieve that hasn't happened or kind of those expectations had to change
1: um I think things are slowed down I'm generally a pretty busy person I mean things are busy uh I don't know no I'm very happy I'm really yeah. happy with where about at we've squeezed a lot in and continue to squeeze a lot in and how, do, how do you do that You just do. If you want to do it, you just do it. Mm. You just have to make the time for it. And I guess things, I don't have a huge social life. My social life is the family and stuff. So I'm not out at dinner and doing all those sorts of things. So that's come at a cost, I guess. But I have a very full life. You just have to prioritize what's really important for you. And there is always time if you want to make time. I think it's a lousy excuse Mm. that you don't have time to do it. I mean, we're all busy. But what are you busy doing? Are you busy Mm. doing the things that you love and want to do?
0: And are are you conscious about that? Like, do you think about that? and reflect on that about like, okay, what am I doing this week? Like, do you set those weekly or monthly goals or is it just going with the feeling? No, no, no. No,
1: no, it's just running with it. I think it's – and it's probably not in terms of living – consciously and in the moment and all that sort of thing we're very much in the moment because we don't have any time to pull back and look at that (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes it scares me if you pull back and look at it so I think and I think that's also with parenting five kids everything's overwhelming if we were to try and step back and take a bigger picture and we do every now and then but you just get overwhelmed so you've just got to Mm -hmm. do everything the best that you can do it as you presented it Mm -hmm. and be really adaptive and I think try not to plan too much or set too much out
0: but talking about planning how do you, how do you manage a household of, of five kids like just the logistics of that
1: I have a very supportive husband <laughs> and I have his parents to think that he is very good at everything he does all of our washing so okay. hands hands down to him because he's fantastic but we just work as a tight team mm. and I think sometimes we walk away saying like you know we live together and we're in the same space 90% of the time but very rarely are we doing fun stuff it's always just functioning as mm. a really tight team and we would love to be able to walk away and just hang out but there's very little hanging out at the moment
0: and, and how, do, how do you then not allow that to interfere with you as a couple or, or you guys as a family unit to kind of go hey we're making this dinner together and this is our time together instead of the chill out or the fun time like how do you-, you
1: just change I guess and you just you just grab what you can grab and don't I think you sort of and I think that's one thing since having kids you always think oh when am I going to get that really in-depth catch up with someone or have that really amazing quality time and I think it's coming to the realization that you're getting it now it's different like that you've got to make every little bit quality you're not going to get that uninterrupted hours that you had before every little bit that you have is just what you've got and be grateful for you know half a conversation here or three quarters quarters of a sentence over there and just be okay with that. Because mm. if you're chasing something else, then again you'll probably get disappointed and may never get that.
0: And then I guess that goes back to the expectations.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And but like getting into the nitty gritty and, and working as a as a team with your husband and and the kids as well, how like how do you like manage meal time and shopping time and getting Five we do kids. online shopping, as my <laughs> business suggests. Well, we, we can get to, we can get to that bit, um, but like, but also, like, just the the cooking element.
1: Of it's it. all really simple. You just got to cut out the garbage, I think, and it's you know.
0: Let's let's dig into the in, into that then. Like, if you you've created a potentially a simplistic way that works for your family, yeah. cutting out the garbage, and it it might be day to day to you, but there's definitely people listening that are like, I have two kids, and it's crazy. Yeah. Or, I have one kid, and it's crazy, but but. Like, is it regimented?
1: I'll run a pretty tight household. Like, there's meal time, and this is your time to eat. If you're not eating, if you're not sitting on your bottom eating, then your bowl is taken away and mm. you won't get food until the next meal. And it'll usually be that same food that's dished <laughs> up again until you finish it. I hate wasting food, hate it. Um, But they all learn from each other as well. So, there's one meal at each, you know, for breakfast, there's one thing on offer. At lunch, there's one thing on offer. So, there's no choice? There's no choice. You know, they can help make the choice. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that I'm completely regimented about it. But you ask them, what do you guys want to have today? And breakfast, admittedly, is always the same. Um, But they can... So, there's choice in terms of the variation. Like, one of my sons doesn't like plums on his breakfast so he doesn't get that but the others have that so they can change but i'm not doing toast and wheat bix and something else and often if they want so they at the moment they're into wheat bix and um cornflakes which i disagree with so they have to have their bowl of porridge first and then once they've had that they can then have breakfast dessert which mm. is their wheat bix wheat or cornflakes because if you feed them corn, I mean in my mind mm. if you feed them cornflakes and wheat bix they're hungry in mm-hmm. half an hour and i've got four like four of the kids are boys so they're hungry 90 percent of the time anyway mm. um so i think that's you know and for dinner often i'll do because we're, like, you know, we're outnumbered by the kids, so we do very child-friendly meals But every now and, and if they don't like it, they d- that's it. They don't get it. They're not getting a toasted sandwich later. Mm. If they choose not to eat their dinner, then that's their and, choice. And, and what,
0: what would a, a normal dinner kind of look like?
1: um so often we'll have some sort of pasta with veggies on the side or we can do i love asian cooking so we'll do stir fries with noodles or miso soup or something like that um all really easy stuff that you can cook up very quickly or we'll do pumpkin soup in winter so it's not i'm starting to get into slow cooked food but i'm vegetarian so mm. the kids eat meat but i'm vegetarian so i don't not of the like, that's not 100 percent compatible with vegetarian diet um so it's all just very basic sometimes if we're really busy we'll just do omelets and mm. some rice and a couple of veggies on the sides and so ha, ha, what,
0: what about when certain kids don't like certain things How do you get around that Or is it just like So they
1: have to negotiate With themselves If they don't like Something on their plate They can give it to one Of their brothers or sisters And that normally works Out okay And I always make them They have to at least Try something Mm -hmm. The kids are all Pretty good eaters I mean they do have Their different um, tastes Or likes and dislikes And I'm moderately tolerant of that, but they need to try to eat their vegetables. And But also, there's no point losing sleep over that stuff. If they don't eat it, then that's okay. And also, like, if they get up and walk away from the table, like the two-year-olds are terrible at the moment. But if they get up and walk around and start being show-offs or whatever, then they get a couple of warnings and then their meals go on and that's it. So, they need to learn that...
0: And, that, and that's and I guess that's they learn through the will your meal's gone you're hungry yeah. <laughs> breakfast breakfast is at oh uh, eight hundred yeah. hours <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> I know I'm sounding like a bitch no. but I'm not but it's just it's different running a household when you've got so many if I let them pick and choose or like they'll come back and eat later then I'm mm. feeding people from five o'clock at night until mm. nine o'clock and I'm done with that you know and our th- our kids I think most of them are overfed anyway we're so focused on giving them this well-rounded nutrition nutritionist like what's the right word nutritious diet and which they do get they all get like we live in a fantastic country and we have amazing food available to us but you know you don't need to bust your ass to make sure they've actually got five vegetables on their plate and they eat all of that stuff they'll get it as long as you're showing them mm. they're watching what you do and then if they're seeing you sit down and eat you know an amazing meal with all these different vegetables eventually mm. they'll pick it up and they get there
0: and kids only eat the food that they're delivered
1: yeah exactly yeah.
0: And were you like this at three kids?
1: Um, no, I've probably become, just from time, I guess. I mean, I was, I've was. probably become, become stricter as I've had more kids just because it's got to fit in with it all. Everyone's got to. And for them, I guess that can often be hard because there's not that much focus on the individual. It's working as a team. Mm. And I think for the eldest, that's always difficult because everyone watches him. So... He needs to set the best example mm. all the time. And so well, <laughs> what's a good example? I just, I got so annoyed at them yesterday morning because the, <laughs> the older two have decided they're taking teaspoons out of the, the um, drawer and bending them. So, which isn't totally appropriate, but that's okay. They got away with it. But then then the younger, the four-year-old took a teaspoon out of the drawer and he happened to take the teaspoon that I was given when I was born and he decided to start bending that in half and snapped it in half. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) that's the sort of thing. So, like, it's okay for the kids to do that. It's just the ripple down effect of that and someone not knowing, a younger child not knowing Mm. where the tolerance level for that is. Like, the older child... Often likes doing lots of little science experiments involving bicarb soda and vinegar no. or whatever. Are <laughs> they <Nothing laughs> into slime yet? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I hate slime. Oh, no, man, Andy slime. loves that.
0: Ooh, Andy loves the idea of making slime <laughs> and then we make it. And she's like, okay, cool. Done. And like, you don't yeah. want, she doesn't want to play with it. But <laughs> anyway.
1: I haven't. We lived in Vancouver for a couple of years and the best slime you can make with their glue over there and their... um borax Mm. but the glue we have here you just can't make the right Mm. kind of slime with so i've ditched slime for now but um yeah so i don't know where i was going with all the so so
0: with the so someone's listening and they don't they're not regimented like this yeah they're the kids potentially are fussy um how how would you suggest someone in a sense steers that ship in a different...
1: Well, I guess it's just what fits with you, though. Like, I'm a regimented person, so that's what fits with me. And if your kids... So if you're not a regimented person, making your kids toe the line is probably not going to suit you so don't bother doing it just fit in with it if you're happy with them being fussy then let it go and give them all the different meals because then you can go to bed at night knowing that you've fed them if that's the most important thing to you or if that's really annoying you just stop doing it Mm. they're only playing to what you're offering up as well if they know that this is dinner then they'll eat it and i'm sure what you're offering up is generally pretty palatable Mm.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and and talking about palettes, uh your business, the food collective, which is I guess how our paths crossed yeah, really. Yeah. Um How did the Food Collective come about? Well, first of all, can you explain a little bit about what the Food Collective is?
1: Yeah, so we're an online farmer's market that connects you directly to local growers. 95% of the growers come from within 200 kilometers of Newcastle. So it's really, I'm really passionate about eating locally and seasonally. So it's really about reconnecting those local pathways and food networks for busy mums. Like it's really hard. You can't always get to the farmers markets or go out and visit the individual farms or some of them do have their own online shops but I don't have time to buy my broccoli from one mm. person and my carrots from someone else so we bring it all together um, and I guess how did we get there <clears throat> it's all completely new to me <laughs> so I'm an invertebrate ecologist by training and worked in um, environmental conservation Wait, prior what, to this a, a what sorry invertebrate ecologist
0: you might need to explain <laughs> that one for the person sitting across from you <laughs>
1: So, I'm a specialist in ants, particularly. So, I ants. S- ants, yeah, things without backbones is what I studied through uni and then worked, at, worked on initially in my career. So, it's completely different to this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, just for some background, the reason, <laughs> reason why my, my, my jaw is hitting the floor here is when I was emailing Lauren, I said, hey, if you've got any kind of like interesting stories, like send them through. And she's like, no, nothing interesting. Let's just chat. Like you studied ants. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it depends on what angle you're coming at. But yeah, so so online e-commerce is completely new to me. Mm-hmm. So I started off, I did um, biodiversity and conservation at uni did a master's degree in ants, um, based up in the Kimberley region of Western Australia, which was amazing. So I studied ants in the Bungle Bungles up there, um, and over three years sorted ninety-two thousand ants, including twenty-nine new species. So it's beautiful. And ants—if you've never looked at an ant under a microscope—do yourself a favour. They are absolutely amazing, um, and. Then after that, what did I do after that? After that, I worked at the um, Australian Museum for a little while as a sort of technical assistant, identifying, and there's actually a paper that's about to come out soon about the systematics of lace bugs. And then also as an illustrator for a, um, a guy who was studying studying centipedes. So that was a fun time. We did a lot of field trips, capturing different critters and that sort of thing. Then after that, I moved. we moved to Christmas Island where I headed the invasive ant program over there which is a whole nother conversation and story in itself. But that was really beautiful Um, and amazingly challenging work over there. And they called me the crazy ant lady because the ants that we were trying to control were crazy ants. It wasn't because I was (laughs) innately crazy. (laughs) 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 Um, And so then after that, we moved down to Tassie and worked on the orange-bellied parrot on King Island. So that was looking at conservation and management of that species and threatened species across um, King Island, which again was really interesting. And then we moved back to sydney and we worked in um where do we work consulting companies and that was good i sort of lost a little bit of my interest and enthusiasm for environmental work through consulting because you're not i guess you're not choosing the projects mm. necessarily that you're working on so it was harder to be a hundred percent passionate and get behind all of the projects that you're working on and we did work on amazing things um, and then after that, I sort of dabbled in that for a little while in and out of having kids and then had three or four years off during my breeding season, <laughs> I guess you could call, <laughs> <laughs> um, which seemed to be forever, mm. but And then after that, going back to consulting wasn't – I mean, I didn't – my heart wasn't in it. And it wasn't compatible with part-time work. I don't know. I'm sure a lot Mm. of your parents discover that as well. And also, I think that your priorities change. For a lot of people, you start to look retrospectively about what you've done Mm. and where you want to go. And your directions switch a little bit, as mine did. And I just knew – I loved being at home with the kids – But I had something else to to give. I hadn't done two degrees and spent, you know, 15 years working and having a fantastic career to just change nappies and stuff. Mm. And that's okay, all the credit to people who do that. But for me, I wasn't the best mum I could be without having something else for myself as well. And I wanted to be really passionate about what I was doing. And I do do a lot of feeding in my role as a mum, And so it all came back to food and the simple stuff. And so I did a lot of research and had a look at some companies doing really exciting things overseas and just trying to understand. And for me, where food's at and where I think it needs to be for the future is locally. And there are so many different reasons for that, nutritionally, environmentally. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah, it's multifaceted, and so I looked at try and the best way to try and reconnect people with local producers and food, and um, and yeah, we came up with your food collective and partnered with my cousin, who's another mm-hmm. um, working mom, I guess. And from there, and like
0: like having that that understanding of kind of what you wanted to do, and and even kind of looking at potentially the framework of how you wanted to do that, like local farmers and things like that. How do you then bring all that together?
1: One step at a time. Because <laughs> as I said, it's all, yeah, totally new. But these, I think what really excited me about doing something new is that there's sort of a, a tech startup culture at the moment where anyone you can do whatever you want you can it's not turning your back on your previous career it's just harnessing the things that you've learned in that and bringing it forward and applying it to something new and that really appealed to me um, you don't have to come from a traditional pathway where you've done your two uni degrees and stuck with that and then continued mm. on um, and so it was just learning and it was trying to approach people that could help us with the right skills that we needed at the right time and just spending a bit more time to understand what you need to do, and there's so many resources available these days, um, yeah, so it was just one step at a time, I guess yeah. is how we did it and put it together, but there's lots of discussion it didn't happen overnight so. well, well,
0: how many nights did it take from that that idea to launching
1: so I guess so it's probably two years in the making wow. before we launched, so from when um Floyd and Pearl were born it was sort of I was working the other kids were in care so I was working during the day whilst they were sleeping and all that sort of thing and then night times and then so there was a lot of planning and and I guess because for Cara and I we're both working part-time currently I mean we a full-time load it's just sort of split over the mm. days i guess but so we knew we potentially needed to be a little bit more prepared than most people because our time is poor so we did spend a bit more time in that planning phase before we launched um yes yeah, so i just think you just you just do it bit by bit mm. and
0: the mechanics of of your food collective where pretty much you can go online you buy these delicious locally produced products Uh, and then you can either have them dropped off at your house on a particular day or you can collect them from the local pub.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's good. (laughs) There's no better way to shop in my mind, obviously. I'm totally biased, but yeah, it's good. And we're getting amazing feedback from customers as well. Most of them, again, are mums looking after their families. And I think it's, for me, it connects people with the right sort of food that they should be eating. It's just wholesome food. It's not fancy food. It's not expensive food. It's just good old-fashioned food that tastes good. Um, it's funny, like, you know
0: without getting into the nitty gritty, what I've really found talking about the expense is it's actually quite comparable to uh like your your coals or your woolies yeah. or, or whatever. It's it's not I thought it would be a little bit more expensive, but it's not. And that's I guess that kinda comes back to the the in season.
1: Yeah, and I think – so there's not heaps of middlemen either. Like the, It's just us dealing with the producers and bringing them to you. So you're getting it directly from them, whereas the stuff that you get in the supermarkets has gone through three or four different people before it even reaches the supermarket. Mm-hmm. And we don't advertise – I guess it's really hard. We don't advertise being cheap or anything like that because I think it devalues food and it takes – um it devalues the work that the producers put into the food that they make so it's hard to approach that but i guess all we say is that people pay a fair and reasonable price there's not heaps of middlemen in there so you know that there are less markups on it and also if you eat stuff that's in season it is it's Mm. abundant and it's usually very affordable i mean we live on a tight budget we've got one wage coming in we've got five kids and they eat a lot of food but we eat Mm all locally produced stuff and no one ever goes hungry
0: and speaking of of budgeting kind of i guess kind of coming back into the family again is like do you guys run like a a weekly or a fortnightly budget is it quite
1: my husband does the budgeting Mm -hmm. so you're asking the wrong person but so the budget and washing is his yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, it'd kill me. I can't tell you the last time I looked at a bank account. Um, there is a budget, yeah, and we we're pretty good at sticking to that. So it's a. I mean, there's always a little bit of overflow, I guess. Um, but yeah, we do a fortnightly budget. Mm.
0: And have you changed? Like, obviously, coming back and running a business as a mother, have you? Have you had to adapt how you do your things? Are you even now even more regimented because your time is being? Yeah, put no,
1: across? I'm probably just. Um, becoming more selfish again because mm-hmm. I think for the time that I took out to have the kids and whilst I wasn't working, I could focus completely on them so my mind was always on them and I could give them a hundred percent of my undivided time. But now what I'm finding is that the time that I'm with them I really need to catch myself because often I've got something else in mm-hmm. the back of my mind that's related to work which is not their issue at all or their problem but it'll then you know it'll make me a bit more sensitive to issues mm-hmm. or means that I'm not really listening to their story that they're telling me because I'm thinking about something else. So I think it's bringing me back in to being more mindful and understanding where I am at each time and saying, okay, I've got, you know, my dedicated work days where we have a nanny that comes in and looks after the kids, work really well on those days. And then the days that I have off with the kids, just actually take the time out to Mm -hmm. focus on them. And I still do work at night times or the morning or whenever I can fit that extra stuff in but I think it's also the pervasive nature of technology these days it's mm-hmm. there all the time and you get a little ping on your computer on your phone and you think yeah I should answer that but you don't need to answer that because you look at an email you're not actually going to reply to it and it just makes you anxious because oh, I know there's that thing there mm. but it's not actually a huge issue to deal with it's just give it the time to deal with it when you've got that time rather than doing everything half-heartedly which I think we do
0: and how do you how do you deal with things like that how do you try to be more mindful and and not kind of react to the things
1: i'm trying to leave my phone upstairs away from me because often it's in the kitchen because you might be playing music off it or something and you just it's just a habit i mean Um, iPhones, Apple are fantastic at just coming into your life and being something that you can't live without, which is fantastic marketing, isn't it? I mean, that's what every product wants to be. You want people to love you so much that you can't do without it. And it's something that you didn't even know you needed before they put it in front of you. Um, So I guess, yeah, I think that's the main thing is just trying to remove the phone from wherever I am. On my days with the kids, and then also just realizing it does. It happens very quickly, and just consciously hanging out with them and being mm. there and doing their silly stuff. And
0: and I, having five kids, you're talking about things going really quickly, and you know the, the the time and their growth. From you know your eldest is eight now, and you've I'm sure you look at him and go, wow, where where, yeah. where, did, where did that go? It, it, does that kind of make you then more aware with the other ones going, okay, they're two now, they're running around, but hey, this. Yeah, life's fast.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, people talk, I talk to a lot of parents now, I've got teenagers, because I want to be, try and be a couple of steps ahead. And everyone says that what, you know, the stage we're in now, it's fine. It's, you know, you think you've got issues, but they're really simple issues like did they have their lunch or are they going to go hungry have they got a singlet underneath their school shirt today is that okay (laughs) that's not (laughs) it's not a life threatening issue Whereas when you get to those teenage years that's when you know things Mm. can start to go wrong or they're more formative and that's where you're actually building independent people where Mm. all of that hard work that you've put in in those early years is going to start to pay off so yeah i just think don't sweat the small Mm. stuff and enjoy it at the moment it 's okay, even though sometimes it really doesn't seem like it's okay <laughs> is is there anything that you've
0: that you've learnt having five kids that you wish you knew? When you had your first Just
1: don't worry about it It's okay <laughs> They will fall asleep They do cry It's. I think you've just But it's only human nature When you've got one All of your attention Is focused on that one And that's okay There would be something Wrong with you If you weren't focusing mm. All of your attention On that one And I think there's sort of There's a period of grieving Every time you have a child Because you think Oh I'm not going to get to sp- I've got to divide my Attention again And you think Oh can I do it And both my husband and I Always go through these um, I guess it's in that sleep period when you've got a newborn and you have you always wake up from these overwhelming dreams where i've lost one or oh, i don't know what i've done because <laughs> i think it's your body just readjusting to the new normal it's whenever you bring something new into your life whether it's a new you know aspect of work or i don't know leisure or whatever it's just readjusting to that new no- normal and there's always that time but uh, you, you just deal with what you've got nothing's right or wrong for one or five or i mean in yeah, with five, you just can't give them all of that attention that you can give one. But they get that attention from each other. And I mean, last Friday, I was like, right, okay, I'm going to focus on the kids. We're going to hang out. It's going to be a good day. And they didn't actually want to hang out with me. <laughs> 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 they were hanging out with each other, jumping off bunks or doing... And that's fine. I'm not going to interfere with that. That's okay. Because they're building really strong relationships. And in the end, you know, I've got my relationship with my kids. But that's going to be different to them having they need to have their own relationship mm. with each other because i guess that's what we want as a family unit is for them to grow up and eventually we take a back seat and they can just you know build their relationships together and hopefully have their own families mm. and hang out and then you know the journey goes on i think
0: and are there things that the different kids have taught you about yourself
1: oh they all teach you different stuff i think and it's so much learning and particularly having so many boys that's been a real learning curve for me because i grew up with brothers but not as intimately as having your own child i think Mm. and boys are different i don't care what people say boys and girls (laughs) are different and it's not you know it's just innate it's in their dna they come out different and they stay that way so i've had i've had a lot of learning to do in terms of the scale of male i call it (laughs) i like that and everyone's different, they've all got their different um, personalities and I don't know, yeah, they are, are all very different and it's beautiful and they bring, they, <clears throat> they require different things from me as well.
0: And how of, like, what is a skill, a parenting skill that your husband has that you wish you had?
1: Um, I probably shouldn't pause for too long.
0: <laughs> and I'll uh, I'll start by saying I've never met your husband and he, he did not ask me to ask that question.
1: I think he's probably really good. And because he's working five days a week and he travels a lot. So he probably gets a lot more time to look retrospectively at what's happening. And I mean, he is stuck in the trenches, as we call it, like me. But... I'm probably more so there and have been previously or historically as well. But so he'll often go away and then comes back and thinks, okay, we're having an issue with this child or whatever. This is what we need to do and this is what I was thinking. Maybe we need to change our behavior here or our approach to it and tweak things a little bit. So he's really good at doing that. Um, and he's also – he's better at me, than me at hanging out with them. I'm not sort of – I'm not good at actually playing kids' games. I find them really boring and I'm happy to do parallel play where we both got our activities going on, <laughs> which is – I don't know what that says about my mental um, development stage, but that probably puts me at about two or three mm. before I actually play in a group. But he's good at actually getting down and playing soccer and stuff. But he's got a huge responsibility – with the four boys, they'll look to him much more than they will to me as they grow up because he's their male role model. Mm. So, he really does need more than me to get in there and um, and be more of a physical companion to mm. them, I guess. I don't know.
0: And how, is, like, how has parenting changed you? Like outside of being a parent?
1: I think you just get more perspective on things, don't you? And you just... Again, you just got to relax and not sweat the small stuff. It's Mm. just, it'll all happen. It's okay. Just don't worry about it.
0: And like say within business, do you not kind of sweat that small stuff there?
1: I try to. I'm probably sometimes you get a little bit caught up on it. But yeah, it's just everything happens. And I think it's about just, again, trying to be calm. And that's the main thing that I've probably Mm. learned is trying to just realize when you're getting worked up about something, acknowledge that emotion, and then just let it go somehow. And then just move on because whether you get stressed out about something doesn't change the end outcome mm. It just changes you and your approach to it I went through this stage when we we're in Vancouver and I feel very sorry for my neighbors But it was about you could feel and it's always when you have a new child That's when tensions always really high and you could feel yourself welling up and trying to, like about to yell at the kids or whatever And we used to have a yell free day counter kind of like they do in the mines <laughs> incident free days <laughs> so everyone would have that little tally and trying to get to the you know you'd need 10 yell free days and then we could go and have a cup of tea or something I don't know um, and so I used to sing so you could feel it and, cause, and singing was really good in this sort of operatic voice you're like get your clothes on now <laughs> I'm about to lose it <laughs> and so without actually yelling at them your kids would realise okay shit mom's about to hit the fan she knows that and by singing it actually releases and you let go of some of that tension so I don't know whether that's better than yelling or not
0: that, um, is, that is brilliant. <laughs> I love that. Were, okay. you, were you? Did you used to love singing as a kid? No,
1: I'm terrible. I'm tone deaf. I'm such a bad singer. Ah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that is too good, Lauren. Well, Lauren, I've got I've got one final question for you, and it's one that I ask all of my guests, and that's if you could please describe your perfect day.
1: Oh, my perfect day would <clears throat> probably be waking up early and going for a long run. It would probably be the whole day running almost, um, and then. Having a beautiful sandwich. I love salad sandwiches, so I'd probably have a salad sandwich for lunch. Um, And then sitting down and reading a book in the afternoon, maybe. Nothing too serious.
0: Mm. You mentioned running there. You're a a big runner.
1: Yeah, I love running.
0: Again, how do you fit that into the day?
1: Oh, it's my mental space. So, you've got to do it. I do a lot of exercise, running or whatever else is on at the time. Um, But yeah, it's always been, I guess, where I find my clarity and strength is running. Yeah. So,
0: so, so, I guess to kind of... I always say I've got one final question. <laughs> it never is. Because I guess what I'm trying to like bring some of, I guess, those key elements that you've kind of spoken about today and, and please jump in and correct me if I'm wrong yeah. here, but I feel it's like there's a, a little bit regimented. There's a schedule kind of yeah. in place. <laughs> but there's also this carving out time for yourself that no matter how full your day is you need to have yeah. some, some long time.
1: If you don't look after yourself, you've got nothing to give. And being a parent mm-hmm. or doing anything in life, you've got to give so much. And I think it comes back to making sure that you're full before you can give mm-hmm. um, to other people or else you complete, continue, continually deplete yourself. And then that's why I think people end up with nothing more to give because they're not giving anything to themselves. So I'm always and have always been, um, you know, probably to the detriment of some things. <laughs> Very, I, can, I know what makes me happy and what keeps me going and I always make sure I get mm. those things. Because I know that my life is demanding and I need to make sure I'm at my best all the time. So examples of that is I haven't had a drink in the past 10 years. Because, <laughs> because after, I mean, I, I did have my heavy drinking days and, um, and I enjoyed it. But after having kids and as I, as I had more and more, I just realized that my life was really full and I needed to be 100% the whole time. So I'd prefer to go for a run and come back all cylinders firing rather than get to the end of the day and have a drink and then you're hung over the next day or slow mm. and uh, so just finding different ways to release and so for me it's been exercise i guess
0: wow well done well done um, 10 years
1: i know i can't believe it <laughs> But yes, it's true. It will come back into my life at some stage, I'm sure. But I just, there's That's just the tw- no room for At the twins' it. 21st birthday. Yeah, maybe. yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Mum, mum's on the yard <laughs> glass. I look at. <laughs> then they'll just tease me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But Lauren, honestly, thank you so much for coming in today and having a chat. It's been absolutely brilliant. And if people want to follow your work or or really kind of dig deeper into your food collective and and things like that, what's the best way for people to kind of reach out?
1: Yeah, you can just Google your food collective and they can find contact details on there and my numbers on there. So you can get in touch if you want to chat about anything. Um, I'm always available or send us an email and... Yeah, we can help out.
0: And are there plans for the, uh, your food collective to go outside of the the Hunter? World region? domination, Mike <laughs> world
1: <laughs> domination. Look at. <out. laughs> Yeah, no, so Newcastle's just our pilot study, so we want to try and get that working and humming along. And obviously, f- for me, I'm really passionate about Newcastle. It's my home community. And then once we get that working perfectly and get our systems in place and we have a model that really works, mm-hmm. then, yeah, we do want to grow and expand from there.
0: Well, beautiful. I will definitely make sure that all of those links are in the show notes at com. Is there anything that I've missed out? I don't want it to be like that. We've left a, a kid at the shops. <laughs> Is there? Have Have we covered everything here?
1: No, no, we've covered everything. I just feel like I need to get to know you better now. We've been talking about me, so which isn't totally fair. Oh, that's uh, yeah. that's all right. It was
0: when you were talking before about like you don't get an hour to sit down with people. I'm like, you just got to start a podcast, and you really get that. So. <laughs> I should, I should. But Lauren, thank you once again, and everybody listening, thank you. And until next time, have fun and live immediately.